Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Party Crashers Podcast. We're your hosts, Nikkei Lewis and Lori James. And today we're chatting with Sharon Gardner. Sharon is a certified meeting professional with over 15 years of experience. From weddings and conferences to music festivals and luxury events, there's nothing she can't plan. Previously, Sharon has worked for Live Nation, Porsche, IMG, HarperCollins, Children's Books, and ICM, to name a few. Currently, she is Senior Event Marketing Specialist for a tech company planning events and managing the corporate global event strategy, a workaholic who manages multiple businesses, including her own event planning firm. Sharon vows never to recover from the travel bug. When not working, traveling, or at brunch, you can find Sharon curled up with a good book or listening to music. A northern girl living in a southern world, Atlanta has been home for the past nine years, but she will always be a Jersey girl. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, Sharon. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you. (laughs) Thanks, I appreciate it. Hearing my bio is weird. (laughs) I know, it's so funny. All of our guests say the same thing. They're like, oh, I I did that? Oh, okay. Is that me? (laughs) That's probably one of the hardest things to write, you know, just writing about yourself from like a a third person, you know, perspective. I don't write about (laughs) myself and I don't plan Mm -hmm. for myself. So ditto, same. That's that's, an occupational hazard, right? (laughs) I do not plan for myself. I will sit on my couch for my birthday with a bottle of champagne as opposed to having amen, having to plan for myself. So I don't plan for myself and I don't write about myself. It's like, well, what do you do? You know, like, and it's like, what have you done? And I'm like, I don't know. I've just been doing things. <laughs> I I'm just me. We don't give ourselves the flowers. And that's a sad thing. We don't give yeah. ourselves the flowers. It's like, you know, even like thinking about the questions and things that we're going to talk about today. It's like, I have no idea for some of these things just because I don't, we just go, right? You just go Mm -hmm, do the thing, you rush forward and there's not enough stopping and smelling the roses, smelling yourself, like, you know, Mm -hmm. not so humble (laughs) brag, like those kind of things, those moments, you know, so. Mm -hmm. I always admire people like that. Me too. I'm here. This is what I did. This is who I am. I'm amazing. Bam. Yeah. (laughs) We got to get there. How do we get there? That's where I want to be. <laughs> you have to be your biggest fan. You do. Yeah. And it's not yeah. that, and it doesn't come from a place of like, oh, I'm not sure about myself because that's not what it is. It simply is just putting it out there in the universe. I think that for some folks, it you know, there's just this like stigma about how would you be looked, but there's so many people who are just throwing it out there all the time that on one hand, it feels like mm-hmm. fatigue, you know, you don't want to be just one more of these people who are out there doing that. But on the other hand, it's like, eh, you know, whatever. But it's, there's some big moments that happen in our lives. And sometimes it's kind of nice to throw it out there. I remember doing a post on Instagram once and it was like, hey, girl, what you been up to? Part one, two and three. And it was like pictures mm-hmm. of <laughs> what I had been doing for the past few months. And I was like, I'm just going to put this on IG because I've been killing it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? It's also, and I know we're going to get into the questions in a second, but I know it's also about, um, Lori and I talk about it all the time, imposter syndrome. Yes. When, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like, you know, you're not worthy to be in a space or, you know, in uh, with the caliber of people, the level of experience that you have is not good enough. 
and which is total totally false but we have this thing in our head from whatever reason and i was actually on a um listening to a a, a, a room in podcast and i'm sorry not in podcast in clubhouse um and they were talking about that and a lot of people were saying like there are people like you just said the people online that are are doing less than what you do that are not as experienced as you that are just doing basically posting fluff and they have millions of followers tons of you know endorsements Mm -hmm. it's because they're confident and they're willing to just put themselves out there with no holds bar and no fear yeah it's because we we rub shoulders with such big people that we're just like what are we doing yeah (laughs) like like it's like we see such big people and we're just like okay well we can (laughs) even do more and that's just the part of how we are as event producers we're just like how can we take it to the next level? So that's maybe why we always kind of look at ourselves and like, okay, we're not doing that much because mm-hmm. we could be doing so much more. There's so much more magic yes. to create. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Definitely. And also when you are around your circle and your circle are all doing really great things and you're just kind of girl. celebrating in mm-hmm. one big pile. And so it's like, yeah, girl, you killing it and you killing it and you killing it. And it's like, you're not just like, but I'm killing it too. You know, you're just all kind of just moving through you know, having wins and, and losses and highs and lows together collectively that, you know, you just kind of just keep it moving without stopping. That's a whole, that's yeah. a whole other topic Girl, right there. Like I'm telling to, you, we're going to go like, we're back. Let's do that one. Yes. Yeah. yes. Like, let's your, do your, that one. Your friend circle and like how the ebbs and flows of success. Ooh, and how, that's a big deal. You know, some people might be on a low and other people are on a high. Yeah. <laughs> how do you manage deal. that? Because I'm in that right now. My yep. friends are all killing yeah. it. Like they're all senior VP, president, da, 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 big, big, big. Like this year has been like, <laughs> hey. bam. And I'm like, okay, events are not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm at home. Right. <laughs> you killing it and you killing it. And I'm, I'm here, right? You know, it's just not your season at the moment. It's not exactly. It's just not your season. It's okay. <laughs> but anyway, though, know, we could talk about that forever. That she and I see Lori's writing notes now because it's definitely time. our next topic. topic. <laughs> You're coming back for that. So I'm let's just start. So run us through your career. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself so your listeners can get to know you and you know where you where how you started and where you are now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always say that I should I went to college or I've known for a long time growing up that I was going to be a psychologist and I was going to get my PhD in psychology and I was going to major in clinical psychology and I was going to work with kids who had diseases and their families counseling them through the process. Right. So this is what I knew to be true. And I get into college and I major in psychology. I have a minor in education. I have a minor in African-American studies and I get out of college and I start my master's degree and I quit the master's program. And I start doing other stuff instead, working in marketing instead. Um, What I should have known had I paid attention, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, about how when we're young, we just don't listen. Um, I was throwing dinner parties in high school. I was planning everything for family and friends all the time. Any trip, any event, anything we did, that's what gave me joy. And Had I paid attention, I probably would have done some kind of pivot at some point earlier. But instead, um, you know, I got into marketing. So I was working for um, Pearson Education Prentice Hall in their marketing department. And 
really liked, what are the things that I really liked the best about this job? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to go into sales next after being a marketing assistant, but I really like the events part. So the next job I look for, I'm going to look for something where I could do more events. And so I went into ICM, um, the talent agency, and started working their speakers division, doing logistics for all celebrity and client appearances. Um, Love that. And then it kind of just kind of stayed that way. Every time I went to the next job, I kept looking for what I really, I took what I really loved about my current position and then looked for that in the next job with more opportunities. For me, there has to be a challenge. If it doesn't make me scared, then I don't want to do it. It's got to be something I look at and I'm wow. like, I, this terrifies me. I'm going to go do that. And that's kind of the way I took it. So I chipped away at the things until what was left was events. And then I was doing what I had naturally been doing since a kid. And that was coming together, bringing people together and planning events. And so it took me from publishing to talent agencies, to a sports entertainment firm, to an agency. I mean, I've run the gamut in terms of being you know, for a luxury brand, at some point I've worked, I've worked for in Live Nation, for Live Nation Entertainment, I've worked in a venue, I've done all these things through events, which is also the other thing I love about it is the flexibility to kind of be anywhere and do anything and apply the skills um, to where I am now. And now I work for a glo- um, a tech company, managing global event strategy and planning events, but I also have my own event company, The Event Life. I manage a former NFL player turned keynote speaker and author. Together, him and I have two businesses, uh, the Sports and Business Networking Mixer, which brings um, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and athletes together for networking opportunities. I run a speakers bureau. So what I do for my NFL client, I now do for a number of athletes, managing them and representing them for big speaking engagements. I run a women's blog called Coffee Till Champagne with Randy, who is how I met you all. Um, we are working on a business together called the Her Story Initiative. So we'll be helping stay-at-home moms re-enter the workforce on their terms. I just launched a t-shirt line called Sister Cousin with my cousin's wife. Um, so we say that somewhere in between a wedding, which is where I met her. I met her at my cousin's wedding when they got married. Um, and then <laughs> mine, we became sister cousins. And so we started a t-shirt line. Um, I think that's all of them. I have to keep Oh, you, oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> so I said the board of the foundation. Awesome. You know, I do all these different things, but it's expanded out. And it all comes from what I like to say is planning dinner parties in high school. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you have a lot going on. I do. That's amazing. And especially, you know, for this year, which has shot a lot of people down. Um, yeah. It seems like, you you know, you're flourishing, which is amazing. Um, so what what is your current thing? Like, what are you currently working on? What's the most recent project? So um, all the things that you're doing. Um, all of them that I just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> are you working on everything right? at, at the same time? I um, And I know that that sounds crazy um but welcome to team do too much my name is sharon gardner and i am president and founding member that is so funny <laughs> i will join in that <laughs> you know um so i currently am senior event marketing specialist for a tech company and i still i have one client through my events company so the event life has one client that i'm doing a virtual event for in february um and so whereas a lot of my contracting work and side work that I do is through the event company. And obviously, 
based on this year. A lot of that has gone to the wayside. What was a live event, the client kept me on to turn it into a virtual event. So I do still have one client that I'm currently actively working with um, through that uh, sports and business networking mixer. Went from doing in-person events. Our last one was at Super Bowl in Miami um, to virtual events. And we actually are going to be transitioning now from doing virtual panels um, and discussions on Zoom to go in the clubhouse, since that's the new new, and doing it there mm -hmm. and getting more like interaction, you know, and fellowship and community building through clubhouse. Um, I sit on the board of foundation and we're still doing fundraising and awareness and doing some mentorship program. It's called the Game Changers Foundation. And it's with my client and business partner, Rennie Curran, that I do that. Um, see championship speakers bureau i'm still representing athletes trying to get them um paid speaking engagements so you know whether it be virtual or when live comes back live trying to get these athletes some speaking engagements where they can tell their story and inspire people and things of that sort so i still do that um the t-shirt line we actually just launched around black friday so that's new and i just started that um so that's up and running still. Um, the Herster Initiative, we hope to launch next year. That's the um, initiative for stay-at-home moms. And then the blog, you know, we keep working through. So I think that's everything. And yeah, everything is still going. That's awesome. I, I know. <laughs> that's so crazy. How do you find it? Like, how do you manage your schedule? Like, what does your daily schedule look like? Yeah, so... <laughs> um, you know, we started a blog called Coffee Till Champagne for a reason, because I start my day with coffee and prefer to end it with champagne if I can. Um, I, work a, <laughs> I, I work a lot. Um, I typically, I'm, I wake up early, but I'm not a morning person. It takes me a few hours to kind of become a human being, although I'm walking around. And so I try to take that time to like, you know, let the dog out, make my bed, do some yoga stretches, make my coffee, review what my day looks like, like take the morning a little bit for myself. And, you know, I don't have a husband, I don't have kids. So I have that luxury to be able to kind of do that, like wake up and say, this is my morning. And this is how I'm kind of taking my morning and, you know, do those kind of things. And so I really try to um, take the morning for myself or the first part of the morning for myself and kind of ease into my day. If I rush into it, then it just feels like I'm racing through the entire day. But if I take a moment mm -hmm. for myself first, then I feel a little bit more in control of my day. And then it just depends on my schedule, you know, and what meetings I have and things of that sort. You know, I'm not crazy enough that I didn't think that I could do all of these things all by myself. So I have business partners for most of my companies outside of my event okay. business. You know, Rennie and I run two companies together. You know, my um, cousin, Cindy, we run the t-shirt line together. Randy and I run the blog and the Herster Initiative together. So like I have partners in this. You have to have help, right? And so, um, you know, we have, I have an executive assistant who helps with some things for some projects. You know, we bring in an intern. When I work a live event, I've got people I can call to help work a live event with me. So there's help. Um, I would not be able to function if I was trying to do all of this alone. So, yeah. But my day looks like yeah. whatever the day looks like, you know, in terms of meetings and things. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to, like, 
single or not, um, that just as women just take time, actually, no, just business owners or entrepreneurs, you take that time in the morning for yourself, or even sure. if you have to get up at four o'clock in the morning because you have a child or you get up at seven because yes. I, because when you don't start your morning off kind of centered, your day is thrown off. And I fought against that a lot. I always felt like, oh, I can just get up late because I'm tired and I'll just jump right into it. Even today, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get up and I have a few minutes and I'll just, I'll figure it out. And it's like, no, then you feel frazzled and yes. the whole thing is thrown off. Yes, mm-hmm. I have to. And when I'm off my routine, I'm very much, you know, a study in contradiction. I can do routine for a set amount of time, but then I need to shake stuff up again, right? And so, but I, when I'm off my routine, it just, after a while, it just doesn't work for me. And I'm like, what are you not doing that you usually do? And so it's like, are you meditating at night? Because I like to meditate before I go to bed. You know, it's, are you doing your yoga poses in the morning? Have you gone outside and gotten fresh air? Because with COVID and being in the house so much, you know, I can watch the day from the window and then be like, well, wait, did I go outside? Did I get any air? Did I go for a walk? You know, so it's the continual checking in with myself for what I need that helps me then to be able to give to others. Do you do it on a daily basis? Is it always like you meditate, you wake up every morning, you have your time for yourself? Is that something that you're like very, very astigmatic? Yes and no. Um, For the most part, yes. I believe in giving yourself grace. And so a big thing for me is do I really, do I feel like it today? Can I, you know... Can I be off today and completely and completely, or do I really need to try to get some stuff in? You know, um, there are times when I don't maybe meditate at night, or I've done most of my morning routine, but maybe I just didn't feel like opening up the yoga mat because the dog would be crawling all over me, and I'm like, I'm not trying to do it, right? So I give myself <laughs> grace to not have to. That's the other part of it, you know, because you can get into a routine and feel like you have to do these things because you said you would, but sometimes you just don't feel like it. And so a little bit of grace for yourself. um, I have to remember to give myself grace too sometimes. And sometimes that means, no, I'm not doing these things today. And that's okay too. Yeah, I think that has been a theme for 2020. Mm -hmm. I wonder what 2021 will bring, but Tell us more about how you started these businesses. Did you start them because of COVID? How has um, COVID impacted these businesses yeah, during so this time? My event planning business I've had for about five years. Um, I do a lot of contract work. So um, I wish that I had learned earlier on, you know, just how important relationships are because it's based on relationships that I get sometimes that I've gotten, you know, a lot of my side projects that I do and contract work that I do and things of that sort. So I've had the event life for about five years and I do probably like one wedding a year and then, you know, music festivals and things of that sort and then planning some conferences and smaller events for people, maybe a party, whatever it is. The event life is kind of just like open for planning, right? And so, um, but I have started three businesses in the past three months, three, four months. Um, And so partnerships are an opportunity. So when I met at a networking event, my client and business partner, Remy, um, we were going to test, it was two years ago, and we were going to test out me being his manager. He said to me that he was looking for someone who had done 
X, Y, and Z things. Like I need someone who's done these four things. And I was like, well, I've done those four things. And he said, well, let's test out you be my manager. And in two years, I've been his manager. I've helped, I've partnered with him on an existing business he has, so sports and business networking mixer. He already had going with someone else. They decided to part ways and he asked if I wanted to partner with him on it. So I said, yes. And so we started that a year ago, working together on that event. Um, and then the Speakers Bureau Championship Speakers, I launched in August because I would get referrals to work with other athletes in the same way that I work with Rennie and to represent them for speaking engagements. And so why I, I've worked for a couple Speakers Bureaus before. And so I said, you know, why not make this kind of an official thing? So launched Championship Speakers in August. And that was something that probably would have happened with COVID and without COVID, maybe because of 2020 and the way live events have gone, it probably could have gotten pushed back a year. But it's also like, why not set yourself up now for when things pick back up and as things move forward? Because I think we'll always have some kind of hybrid situation going on with a lot of events. So um, and events still need speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so all the time. All the time. And so I represent... <laughs> I think we're up to like 10 now um, athletes who are available for speaking engagements. Um, So that I just started in August. Sister Cousin, we just launched last month. um, And that really came from, it's kind of like a fun thing. So it's a limited run t-shirt line. We'll pick five to 10 different sayings. Um, You know, my partner in that, Cindy Gardner, has some has Caribbean background. And so sometimes I have Caribbean sayings on them. And sometimes my favorite word is words. So there's a shirt that says word on it. Like just stuff that we wanted to see on a t-shirt. Really fun, great materials. We're really, um, you know, specific about what materials we use in terms of our shirts and our sweatshirts and um, put that out there. And um, what else is there? Coffee to Champagne has been going for over two years. That's the blog site. The Her Story Initiative will not launch next year. And then I bought a house also in the past few months and turned. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations. Hey. What? Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. Okay. the dog. So, again, again, you welcome sat. to Team Do Too Much. My name is Sharon Gardner. <laughs> so I bought a house and I rent part of the house out. It's two separate level, um, two separate spaces. And so I rent part of the house out on the Airbnb. So that technically is the business. So when I say I launched three businesses in the past few months, Championship Speakers Bureau, Airbnb rental, and the t-shirt line are the three that I launched. And in between those, I got a dog in a house. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. You dabble mm-hmm. in so many different things, t-shirt companies, speakers, like Airbnb, like you're a dog mom. This is like you yeah definitely that's good that's good I feel like most event producers are actually they dip and dab in so many different lanes it's just like you're creative and you the same thing like you were saying before where it's like you know you need to change it up a little bit and you know your routine gets boring a little bit so then you change it up and do something different and add you know you add a little splash or something so a little splash just a little splash a little splash (laughs) for you it's a lot of splash it's It's a lot of splash it's a lake I have this awful, <laughs> awful habit of looking at something and being like, I can do that. I can start that business. I can do that. Like, it is <laughs> That's not awful. That's amazing. It is, but also, <laughs> you just heard my lip. I have to like, I, feel I can walk way. into, yeah. I walked into a spa one day, a black owned spa here in Atlanta and was like, oh my gosh, I love this place. I want to open up one just like this. 
And by the time I walked <laughs> out after having a facial and massage, I went home and wrote down my idea for a women's and men's lounge and then put it away because I was like, you don't, you don't have the time. Yeah. You know? I'm the same way though. I'm the same way. <laughs> right. Like, I have a million ideas. My fiance is always like, oh my God, another, like another, <laughs> but it's like a mad scientist. You always have like an invention or always. It's like, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's always. And I think that's just us naturally as event producers. Produce. The reason why we get in, yeah, we want to produce something new. We want to see something like different every single time. But how do you rail that in? Because my husband's just like, well, what are you taking into 2021? Because if this is the goals that you have, then how are you going to do it when you have five other things going on? So You know, it's so funny. So um, I turned 40 last year and when I remember my therapist asking me what I wanted my life to look like next. And I was like, I don't know. I'm about to go hop on a flight to South Africa. Does that count? And I was like, I'll get back to you. And when I got back, I was like, I want my life to look like freedom. Here is what I want to put in place now. And here is what I want my life to look like next. Here's what I'm striving for. So while I'm team do too much, and I've reached my limit and the rest of the stuff is just going to have to wait a little bit. Um, I also keep in mind that I am working towards that goal that I set for myself. You know, I want my life to look like freedom and what does freedom looks like? It looks like quitting my corporate job in a couple of years and being a full-time entrepreneur. It looks like building up these businesses so that I'm living off that revenue. It means building teams and empowering people and providing jobs. You know, it's, it looks like these, it looks like being able to pack up everything I want to, including the dog and going to live in Portugal for six months and run my business from Portugal if I want to, you know? And so I remind myself of those things when sometimes it gets a little overwhelming is I'm doing this now so that I'm able to do this in X amount of years. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that you equate freedom with being an entrepreneur because I actually feel like I actually had more freedom when I was working my nine to five when I left and you know started doing my own thing that's when I felt like you know it, it you, there is no off there's no off button you're always hustling you're always working if you're not then you don't have any money so I, it's just interesting that you consider that I can and I think I completely understand the point because for me I have the fallback of the full-time job right And so for me, freedom is having those businesses get to a point where I can let go of that full-time job. But you're right. Being, I mean, I can have an off day, but I'm still the boss of X amount of businesses. So am I really off? You know, because if yesterday I decided to take an impromptu day off, but one of my business partners called me, cool. I had to talk to him and then we had to go talk to the team about something. And so, yes, I'm doing it from my couch you know, and whatever else. And I'm in my sweats, fine, but like, I'm still working, you know? And so I think that just, but that luxury, I think of being in charge or then, you know, the the nice thing about kind of being in charge is that double-edged sword, like it doesn't run unless you run it, but also you can kind of give yourself a little bit of grace. And I feel like when you work in corporate, there's just, there's no grace, you know? Um, there's a, a different kind of a lack of grace or something, something like that think, changes. Yeah. I feel like that's the code word for the, the keyword or the operative word. Of the yeah. Conversation is grace. Um, but speaking of which, 
Um, yeah. Having Grace, um, you know, everybody had to pivot this year into doing, you know, virtual events. And I know you mentioned, um, you know, having a few of them that you're planning currently mm-hmm. for clients. How, how, I guess, how has your team changed? Because I know you said you have business partners and you bring in different people. Like how is, has that changed in that respect? And, you know, do you have any specific platforms that you like to use when you do it? Like, how is it going? Have you been yeah. able to pivot? I have. Um, I have to say that I have a bias because I'm not a big screen person. You know, I would rather curl up with a good book than watch TV. Um, I don't really watch if you go, oh, have you seen now now this year because we've been in the house. If you ask if I've seen something, I can say yes, I most likely have seen it. But previously, um, I wasn't, you know, you could ask me if I've seen a show and I'm like, no. (laughs) You know, like I'm not a big TV person. I never really have been. Um, And so being on screen all the time has been exhausting. But this is what we have to do, right? And so we've used Microsoft Teams, we've used Zoom, we've used Steven Engage, Hopin. Um, those have been like the major ones that I've used for um, events so far. Um, what do you like the best out of all of them? Um, I've never used Hopin. So I was about to say, so Hopin is the one that I'll be using. I participated in something I haven't produced an event with Hopin. So Hopin, I will be producing an event with for the first time in February. But I've just kind of been behind the scenes watching the way it works. You know what I mean? Um, To kind of get like a run through of it. And I've participated in events that have used Hopin. And I like it for a lot of reasons. Um, Steven Engage is super new. And so it has a lot of features that still are being rolled out slowly and surely. Um, so it's hard to kind of put it in comparison. So I've liked what happens seems to be uh, presenting in terms of its capabilities. I do think that once CVIT Engage rolls out more stuff, you know, and I like the fact that we didn't have to go to a third party for a lot of things, but we're able to kind of go through them for them, which with Hopin, I'm not necessarily able to do. I have to bring yeah. in third parties for certain things. Um you know, so I think I feel like in a couple months I'll be able to do a better comparison of those two. Zoom is perfectly adequate for small things and and whatnot, but if you really want like a marketplace or you know um, an ex virtual expo hall or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, if you're flipping between live broadcasts and pre recorded things of that sort, then you need to kind of step it up a little more and go into um, Stevens or Hopin or something like that. Yeah, it's funny, well, not funny, but we've talked to several people during the pandemic, well, this pandemic, because it's still going on. And it's interesting as the time has passed, how more, I guess, well-versed everybody, our guests have become on the like virtual landscape on like what, how to use certain programs and new things are out that are out there. In the beginning, it was like, we're just pivoting. We're going to go online, you know, and do blah, blah, blah. And yes. bring it out. And now it's like, yeah, I'm using Hopin. I'm using this. And this is how you do that. And I, this is my team. Yeah. So it's it's amazing um, how people have adjusted quickly <laughs> to, to changing times. Yeah, I reckon it too. Or um, When I worked for Live Nation, I worked in special events for a venue here in Atlanta called the Tabernacle. And when I walked in and I'd have to do these 
client walkthroughs and we're talking production stuff, I'd bring in the production manager. But to a certain degree, I had to have a basic understanding of our sound system, our production capabilities, how many lights we had, what those lights could do, et cetera. So for me, it became, you know, we're just pivot. I'm just pivoting and okay, we're going virtual and hosting webinars to, oh, now we're planning full out conferences and expo halls and things of that sort. And being like, I need to have a better understanding of what this is. You know, even if I don't get nitty gritty in the technical, I have to be able to advise my client or my team better, you know, than just, um, yeah, this looks good to me, <laughs> you know? So um, for me, it was kind of like that. I remember that feeling of needing to have a basic understanding production-wise of a concert venue. And then it feels like I have to have a basic at the minimum, a basic understanding of how to, what is needed, you know, what a client really needs, what they don't need, et cetera, for an event. Yeah, I think that's a sign of a great event planner just in general. Like you have to be the Jackie of all trades. And we talk about this a lot. Like you have to be able to know everybody's job, not fully to be an expert, but you need to know the basics of it in order to, because if something goes wrong and somebody decided to go to the bathroom and now the AV is messed up, you got to be able to be like, all right, is that button right there? Just turn that on real quick. Turn yes. on, you know, like there, there's nobody else there. Like it's on you. It's always on you. And it'll be your fault if it doesn't, you know, turn out perfect. Oh, my gosh. So. Yes. I had a global symposium. It had to be like 600 people online from around the world. We had a BBC journalist as the host. And she we'd gone through speaker training and all this stuff. She did not have her laptop plugged in. And so... At one point in the symposium, she's backstage and she's like, hey, guys, my laptop's about to die. My cord is upstairs. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so we had to transition her out of the flow and off the screen so that she could run upstairs, get her laptop cord and run back downstairs and plug in. And I was like, oh, no. and everybody's like, Sharon, what happened? And, and I was like, I said, look at the email. I sent her all the things. I was like, hey, are you all set up? Like I had done my part, but it didn't. You know, it, it people don't read anything. They don't read anything. There's, it's, well, I was going to ask you what your party crashing moment was, but that seems like that's a good one um, right there. That was it. Yeah. That event, I tell you, we looked the look <laughs> on her face, you know, where the backstage, it looks like a Zoom call. So it's just all, you know, all the heads and people who are going to go live and people who are helping out, like make sure it's getting speakers ready. And we all look like, what? She what? And then <laughs> she just, just, she left her court. She changed locations in her house on us. So her background was different. And then <laughs> she, because we had approved a certain background, you know, said this one works well, blah, blah, blah. And so she switched that last minute. And it was like 20 minutes before she was supposed to go start live. So we just left it and it was perfectly fine. And then she left her laptop court in the other location. And we were just like, okay. She was not prepared she for was, this big moment. She wasn't ready for her Oprah moment. Wow. As I she was, was not ready. She wasn't ready. Oh yeah, that was no. a good one. I mean, we had a, we had a, live speak keynote speaker who went rogue and left and it was like it oh, it was like watching a train just off the rails it was <laughs> it was good I remember when it was over just being like it had to be like two o'clock in the afternoon when it was over and I said okay y'all I'm locking out for the rest of the day and they were like I was like end tomorrow <laughs> Done. Done. Bye. Yeah, it's, it's there's so many moments that I'm sure you can relive. With live events, I'm yeah. always saying that you can only plan but so much. And then you get to a certain point where it's like, you just got to go on site. You just have to execute. You just have to do the thing. And 
that was that transition for me. It was, we planned and prepped the best we could because of course you didn't have to talk to, you know, the CMO and the VP and blah, blah. And they're like, what happened? It's like, we, we did the things we planned, we trained, we prepped, we did the things, but there's only but so much you can do. And then you just have to let the rest happen. And that was that example virtually for me, you know, and it will stay with me. So I guess all of the crazy stories that we've had um, as event producers, it's a lot. Producing events takes a lot out of us, even Mm -hmm. um, load in to like producing on the day of. Do you think that event planning and event producing is a sustainable career? (laughs) Like in all all of of my years. years? Um, I do. (laughs) I think that, you know, And I've heard this often, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to plan. So I'm so glad that you're here and that you're able to do this because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't want to do this. That sentiment is a real sentiment. And so there are people who don't want to do what we do, who don't understand how we do it. They have no interest in understanding how we do it. They just want us to do it for them. And so I love those people. Those Those are our people right there. Those are my, that's your ideal. (laughs) Yes. Who are just like, here right and it's like yes give me all the plans right and so um (laughs) I do I I know it's it's hard to imagine you know going into you know the next season of what of COVID and everything like that we're not going back to the normal that we had but there will be a new normal that emerges and my prayer is that it overall just adds some kindness and gentleness and appreciation for what you can do and what you can't do and that people are going to want to gather again in some kind of way you know and so um i think it's sustainable because we're going to get back to this moment people are tired of being isolated and home and whatever else and they're going to want to get together again and when they're ready they're not going to want to plan it and that is where we come in to plan it for them and to bring them together. And so I'm ready for the warm and fuzzies, you know, and whatever the setting, I think (laughs) that it's sustainable and I'm confident that we'll go back to, we'll go to a new normal where people will gather again and they'll need us. We definitely are needed. Um, But I just wonder if burnout is a factor for event producers, you know, because it's just, it takes such a toll on our mind, body and spirit at 50 and 60, can we still keep doing this? Or is it a different capacity that we will sit in um, once we get to those? Yeah, I think it's a very individual career. question. Um, you know, I remember yeah. asking myself a few years ago, you know, what, like, what, what are you else do you want to do? And it was like, I mean, outside of like, I'm planning the Olympics or the Grammys. I don't really feel like I have a bunch left career-wise to accomplish, right? There's always that fantastical event. that It's like, oh my gosh, I want to go plan that. So yes, you know, but otherwise it's like, I don't really feel like I don't have anything left career-wise in terms of milestones to hit. So then it's like, well, why are you doing what you're doing? And I had to figure out what my why was for events. And Mm -hmm. so for me, events are an act of service. I love coming together, like watching people come together. Such a love it is, it's in my active service. And knowing that I had a hand in bringing people together and them being happy. And you will, and I like being behind the scenes. I don't want to be out in front. The other reason I'm an event planner. And so, 
you know? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I want to just be in the background <laughs> knowing I did that for y'all and you're enjoying it. And that brings me joy. And so fine. Then Same. it's active service. So what else can you do as an active service? Well, you can help someone build up their career and reach some goal for themselves as their manager. You can help represent people who are trying to build up their brand and get out there as a keynote speaker. You can help, you know, stay-at-home moms who want to re-enter the workforce and not have to have them choose between being a mom and an employee, but be able to be both and be supported by it. You can do these other things. And in it, there's events everywhere. I mean, events is in everything, right? And so, and in it, you can be giving these acts of service that fulfill you in ways that are similar to events. So nothing beats a good party. Nothing. Nothing beats a good party. But yeah, right. <laughs> this is what my why. And so how do I expand on that why? And so, you know, I think it's really individual. You figure out what your why is for why, why you're doing what you do and why you got into this. And then from there, you know, you make your shifts. I'll shift out, I'm sure, at some point but I'll probably always be available to plan something for someone. I don't, I mean, you know, God willing, I'll go out after a good event, you know, like. <laughs> I, I just, yes. I love it. Glass of champagne in hand, champagne. you know, maybe with a good cigar. And I'm like, I just put something together for someone and it's like Sharon yes. out, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And we know you'll be at, at peace, peace for sure. <laughs> You know, so I think it's a kind of question so that you just ask. Oh your, it's very individual. You got to start with why you're doing what you're doing anyway. And I think that's a question for everything. In your Ooh, life. Yeah, like I the love why, that. like the why. Yeah, no. everybody's always asking why. My little son is asking why, but I don't want to answer, answer the question. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know why. Sometimes it's just in yes, me. Like it's I just think in that me. all the time. I truly an hate to explain myself. And so I remember talking to this guy. We were getting to know each other, and he yeah. was asking me some really amazing questions. And I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and I was just like, I, I just feel, and I do, and I think that's part of you know why as event producers, we do what we do is because like there's something innate in us that just knows what needs to happen and we go make it happen. And it's like that natural feeling. I bought my car because it felt good to be in it and to drive it. Like I'm an experienced person. So you're asking me something and I'm like, I don't know. It just, it feels this way. And you're trying to describe it. I'm like, I don't know. It just feels that way. It feels yeah. good. And it's like an intuition thing as well. Like you just know that this yep. is for you when it's you true. need that for you, you know, <laughs> it's so true. Um, what was the point in your career when you could sit confident, confidently say that you could take on any type of event? I know in your bio, you're them. just like, oh, I can do all of them. But what was that moment that you, you literally could say that oh, confidently gosh. and not um, flinch? I always, truthfully, I probably, I've been saying it for a long time. So it's a good question, but I've been, saying for a really long time without flinching, there's nothing I can't plan. And I, if I had to think of a specific wow. event, I can think of a couple that have happened over one that happened a couple of years ago and one that happened, you know, um, a little longer than that, but they're not necessarily those marking points, but they're big events. So, you know, NCAA final four was in Atlanta a number of years ago and I worked at the Tabernacle doing special events. So we had Conan O'Brien filming from the venue for two weeks straight. And then literally the day that his production team moved out, 
we moved in. Um, so we did for Turner Sports, a bunch of different like parties and things at the same time. And I'm talking like clearing out parking lots, shutting down streets. It's a block party. It's inside, it's outside, it's oh everywhere. Gosh. You need, need the mayor's office. You need everybody. It is involved. all the things all at one time. So you take, basically we were a, a television, you know, Conan was shooting. So we were doing, we had all his stuff set up and we had to pull all that and flip the building in a matter of like a few hours in order to execute for these series of parties that were going to go on every night. And um, we got through and it actually was my last week after Tabernacle. I was leaving. And so. Oh, wow. You're like, and boom, mic drop. It it was a mic drop moment. So (laughs) we get through. I remember Macklemore and Ryan Lewis performed on Conan. We left their stage set up because they were performing at the, the party that night. We get through the next couple of nights of parties. And this, I mean, these parties go to like 2 a.m. You know, you're breaking down. You're setting back up again. I didn't even go home. We were just like sleeping downtown. Like no one has time for, for a commute. Um, and then the last night, the very last night, um, it's during the day. We're setting up. And I hear a knock on the front door. And I was like, who is knocking on the front door of this building? And the Tabernacle is a 100-plus-year-old church, right, turned into a concert venue. And so I opened the door and it's Sting. And he's like, hi, I think I'm supposed to be performing here tonight. And I was like, <laughs> like, look out the front door. And I'm like, where is his people? No people. And I was like, yes, you are, sir. Come on in. And so then like a minute later, his car had dropped him off in the wrong place. And so like a minute later, the rest of his people come. And so we walk through. And I used to live in New York City. So we're talking about the weather in New York City versus the weather in Atlanta. And I'm like walking him backstage to his dressing room. Um, We'd had a local restaurant come in and cater. And so we had this great dinner that night, you know, thanks to him and his team. And then party happens, Sting's on stage performing. It's like two o'clock in the morning, place is packed. And I look around, I like walk to every one of my team members, production guys, everything. And I say my goodbyes and I'm like hugging everybody. We're crying because we're all like a big family, you know, bye, 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 bye. But I'm not cleaning this up. (laughs) And that was like getting through like that week of stuff was huge. It felt like and then I started a job, my new job, like a day and a half later. Oh, my God. No break. No break. And so it was like. I remember being like, wow, you just got through that. You know, that was brutal, but you just did it. Um, My other one is I was a contractor for Porsche, the car company. um, And I was with them for a little over two years. They had hired me to do some large scale brand events. One is called Rent Sport Reunion. It is like the family reunion for Porsche lovers. They host it in California every four to five years or five years. You know, it's it's huge, right? Mm-hmm. People come from all over yeah. the world for it. They bring their cars out. It's crazy. So I was hired as one of three team leads to plan this event. And because it was the 70th anniversary of the Porsche, of Porsche, it was even bigger. So they expanded by a day. You know, the Porsche family came out, the board came out, and it ended up being four days, over 80,000 people. And it was just like sun up to sundown. I mean, you were there, it was 7 a.m. to 5 a.m at the raceway, events and activations happening everywhere, and then parties every night. So then you had events every night. Team knows it was wow. crazy. And I remember when it was over, like 
I mean, we put music on, the team is just dancing, there's champagne glowing. And I still had a party to finish out, right? So I couldn't stay and really celebrate. I had to get in the car and go to the last venue for the last night. And I remember getting in the car and calling my cousin, who I call brother cousin, which is where the sister cousin comes from and for the line. Um, and I remember being like, <laughs> um, I don't know if I can curse. I won't curse. Um, <laughs> you can curse. I'm a motherfucking badass. You can do whatever. Like he was waiting for the call, right? So, you know, you talk about tooting your own horn, and there are definitely some people who I call when something happens, like, yo, but guess what I just did, you know? And he's one of them. And so I remember calling him, and I'm like screaming through the phone, just like, we just killed this. I just, Dr. Portia himself came up to me and told me he was happy. I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Mic drop. This is over. And we killed it. And I think it was like 85,000 people or something crazy. I mean, it was just nuts. It was huge. And huge. it was these three women who pulled it together, right? Three women. And mind you, mm -mm. we had agency and help and stuff, but... Three women leading the charge. We'll put it that way. Three women leading the charge. That's awesome. And I was like, I just remember calling him and then being like, okay, I have to put my composure back because I still have one more party to get. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when everything falls apart. <laughs> but I remember calling him and like screaming through the phone because we killed it. And it was the best one. It yeah, that's yeah, the why for me. The adrenaline. It's like, chasing a high you hate it and then you get into it and you're like oh i love that. i love that's my life so tired. <laughs> like, I it love bites it. you out after right so <laughs> yeah. after you do a big yeah. event like it doesn't matter big or small anymore it's just you're wiped out afterwards like the toll it takes on you and then you still have to like mm -hmm. push through that exhaustion to wrap up right yep. and so and then do it all over again yeah the post con and all that stuff so you get that high but then you have to push through it because that crash is coming and you can't even crash because you still have to wrap everything up. Like your last man standing every time, you know, making. Sure well, that kind of goes with um, with Lori's mm -hmm. question about um, it being sustainable because it, you know, you you crash after each event. And like as you get older, your body's going to crash differently. It's like, you know, being 21, you know, in college drinking and being hungover versus 45 <laughs> hungover. Yeah. You know, it does something different to you. It's definitely different. I think you just, you know, it shifts. And so, so whereas true. I used to do so much by myself, I now bring in help. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, let these young people come on in here and do this for me. Like, <laughs> you know, if I do a wedding, I have no less than right. two assistants with me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I learned my lesson with woo! that. I don't have less than two. Right. I, I had tried one to save one budget nope. and it, it was a hot mess. Nope. And I, I charge more for weddings than I do for anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I now do that. Yeah. Oh, those things you are have crazy. To. I'm you telling have to you. Do an on you have to. And like why things are priced the way they are. Yes, because you know what? You don't yes, realize you're so really. nervous, I think, especially when you're first starting out as an entrepreneur about your pricing and whatever else. About your worth. And, it, and I was just about to say, but that saying, know your worth and add tax is a real thing. You have mm -hmm. got to know what you're worth. And so I don't even bat an eyelash when 
that number comes to me and I'm like, that's the number. And I can back it up with why that number is the number it is. Oh, me too. And I'm gonna tell you right now. I had a friend ask me to plan her wedding. Her wedding is next New Year's Eve. And I right, I was like, New Year's Eve on a rooftop <laughs> with only one elevator. And I, I did the same thing last New Year's. And I was like, you know, and there's lo- all mm-hmm. kinds of logistics things. And I said, I said to her, I said, I, you know, we were talking about prices. She was like, well, it's definitely more than I thought. I said, New Year's Eve is tough with vendors and everything else and where you're located and the traffic. And, and I was like, I needed two assistants, maybe three and some hosts. Yeah. You know, like it's just, I, and I told her, I said, I charge more right. for a corporate, um, for a wedding than I do a corporate event. It takes so mm-hmm. much out of you. Especially with friends, it's hard because, you know, you have to balance that friendship with your business and a lot of, a lot of feelings come up. I'll just say that a lot of feelings come up and a lot of tension gets, you know, a lot of issues get held on to for some time after because you're just like, you guys took advantage. But then I I did it because you were my friends and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of hoops to jump through. It is. To make everybody happy on both sides. And you aren't just, it's not like you have one client. Like you can work a corporate event and have one main client and that's who you're responding to. With a wedding, it's, it can be bride, groom, mom, mm-hmm. dad on each side. The other, the, the, the venue that they <laughs> the pick, they have a planner. The cousin who they, they don't a like planner you. and should have planned the wedding instead of you. Oh like, my God, I had that. It is all the things all happening at the same time. It's a lot. It's draining. It's draining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had said before that you don't want to do anything that you're not fearful of. Why is that? Where, where did you get that confidence to be able to take that on? Because I heard that when you're fearful of something, that is when you're actually learning. So <laughs> d- how did you learn that in such an early stage in your career to say, you know, I'm only going to do this if I'm scared, you know, because people shy away from that all the time. So I thought that was beautiful that you said that. And like, maybe that's what propelled you to be able to do so many big things. I don't, I'm not sure. I can't like go super early and be like, oh, when I was 12, this or whatever else. But in theory, as much as I've always been an event (laughs) planner, I've always been team do too much, you know? So I had a bunch of activities growing up. I could fit more into one day than most people could into a week. It was just one of my skill sets. And it was just how I was. I was in college, you know, and I had a full-time class schedule, a radio show, an internship, and two jobs. Like, I've always kind of been that person. And so Mm -hmm. where it probably started from, this is going to go deep for a second. We probably started. like No, I was was about to ask you a deep question. I was like, let me let you know. Yeah, we're probably started from like a, people pleasing you know need to be perfectionist kind of way what i found was that i can do hard things and so and life has taught me that based on just you know experiences not even just professionally but more so personally i can do hard things so just because something is hard doesn't necessarily mean i can't do it or that i should not do it and um, I come from a family of hard workers. My father got his PhD while taking care of my mom, who was terminally ill and working multiple jobs. Like Aww. I have hard workers in my family, you know? And so I can do hard things. I come yeah. from hard workers. You know, I respect work in a lot of ways. And 
that was what, like, what's going to excite me? You know, the same way that you asked, like, why you do events, I had to figure out, like, what's going to excite me? Because I would get bored. And so when I was first starting out and I was working, I stayed with a job for like a year and then I'd be bored and I might not like the tractor on. And so I had to figure something else out. So it had to be the challenge. You know, it had to be the scaring and then the conquering of the fear on that professional level for me because I would get bored. And so it had to have something that was like, this job takes the things that I really liked about my current job, but it also challenges me and I learned these skill sets. And when I get it, I'm going to get it and I'm going to kill it. You know, and just, I think that just comes from always knowing how to put in the work and then knowing that I'm someone who just would get bored. And so I need that in order to kind of, it's like that adrenaline rush we talk about, like the thing you need in order to kind of keep pushing through. I need that fear and that challenge in order to keep pushing through. That's awesome. I think that'll be super helpful for um, people listening that are getting into industry and just understanding that first you have to understand who you are to know where you fit in um, in this, in this, you know, expansive industry and how you can be successful is, is literally by knowing, you know, how you can move. And that comes from, (laughs) that comes from your upbringing. That comes Mm -hmm. from your hustle. That comes from what you've seen growing up um, with your parents. Mm -hmm. And just knowing what drives you, like, you know, what drives you, you know, that that adrenaline is what you're seeking for. And that newness is what you're seeking for. So, you know, that this is a perfect fit. Well, did you have to, do you feel like you had to to sacrifice anything um, in order to reach the level of success you are now or to get to where you want to get to What's your top Yeah, I think, um, you know, I said earlier that my friends always know that I'm working. And so I think that a lot, oftentimes my friends and my family are like, well, Sharon's working. And so they may not reach out or whatever else because it's like, oh, she's working. We don't want to bother her. And true, while I'm always working, you know, you're always the one then to have to reach out. And when your job is or jobs are acts of service And then in your life, your personal life, you have to be the one to initiate and engage and stuff and be like, hey, you know, my head's off the clouds, you know, whatever. Um, I think that that gets exhausting and that, you know, if I had to say that there was something that was a sacrifice, it's maybe not feeling to others like, you know, I'm available. I don't know if that's the way to put it or how my friends would put it, but I in thinking about the question, that's kind of what I come up with. You know, my friends and family always know that I'm busy and I'm working, but there are times when I'm not and it doesn't mean that I won't. Like I stop, you know, if a friend calls, the other day I had a call at 11 and a friend called me at 10.50 and she was telling me some things that were going on in her life. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to be late for my call. What you got going on? You know, come talk to me. And so I'm that friend. But, um, you know, there's always the assumption or the understanding that I'm so busy. And because of that, there's maybe not always the reaching out of hand to check in. Um, that we sometimes need. Yeah. And so that we sometimes need, you know, back giving back to us um, is something that definitely comes to mind. In terms of the rest of it, I definitely can get into in defense of any friend or family member. I definitely can get head down in the work and then come up for air a few days later, like what day is it and what's going on, right? So um, 
I am always working, you know, and even if it's stop, take a break, watch a movie, do whatever, you know, I'm, I can easily, like most folks, pull up a laptop at eight, nine o'clock at night and just kind of keep going and get some things done. So, and being an entrepreneur, as we talked about earlier, there's never really an off day. Um, and so there's all those things happening. Um, and I think yeah. that, I don't know that I've necessarily sacrificed, but it would be nice to have the ability or I have to, I have to force myself sometimes to kind of not be head down in the things, you know, but come up for air and come up for breathe more and, and, you know, just be like, okay, like I was saying earlier, did you get outside to walk today? You know, have you talked to somebody on the phone? That's a big one. Yeah. You know, or have you just been texting? You know, have you heard somebody else's voice today? Like those kind of things. Um, But then I have to be the one to initiate it. And I think um, sometimes it would be nice to just kind of have somebody reach a hand out or check in and be like, not that they don't, you know, but just more, hey, girl, what's going on? But to their point, I'm always working. (laughs) They feel like they don't want to bother me, but it's like, you're not a bother. You are contributing and adding to my day by just reaching out and being like, I'm thinking of you. I think the biggest. Yeah, you're making. No, no, no. You're just breaking. Yes, please call me because I do (laughs) not want to be on conference calls anymore or my email or anything. I want to talk to someone that I love and have them just be like, hey, my cousin is good for that. He picks up the phone a lot. I always notice that about him. He calls people. And I'm always like, oh, I want to be that person. And I never. I know. I I always say that too. Like, I'm always jealous of the people that get their Christmas cards out early or like that, you know, plan things like, oh, I knew your your birthday was coming up (laughs) last month. So I'm like, I'm always like on it on the last minute. Like, oh, it'll come after your birthday. (laughs) Like, oh, it'll. Oh, girl. Hey, hey. You know, like I'm I'm always that like last minute when it comes to like stuff. It drives me crazy. Try to change. And as a planner, you feel like I should do better. But also. Yes, that's that's why it feels terrible because you're like, I'm planning all the things. I can't plan my life. My life's coming. I don't plan for myself. Right. So it's like I'm Mm -hmm. not planning for me. So it's like the hairstylist that doesn't do. Yes. That's yes. Like, who has time to do your own hair when you have to make, you know, yes. Oprah look good yeah, right. or whoever look good or, you know, Carrie Washington's hair, but you, yeah. you don't have time to do your own right. hair. <laughs> so kind of alluded to a lot of the stuff that you probably will say now <laughs> as your answer in your conversation. But um, at the end of each uh, show, we ask our guests for our party favor. And it's basically advice that you would give either to your younger self or um, a woman or anybody coming up in the industry. Like what, what advice, what's, what's your tip? Yeah. If I was talking to my younger self, I would tell younger Sharon, first of all, you look good, girl. (laughs) And then I would say, (laughs) and then I would say, um, you can do hard things, but that doesn't mean you have to be hard. You can take the armor off and um, it's something that I learned later and that I wish I had trusted myself more you know enough to have done earlier so yes you can handle hard things but it doesn't mean that you have to be hard I would take the armor off for sure and to anyone you know coming up in the industry relationships matter Um, and it may not feel like a person you know when I work an event 
I remember my cousin watching me plan his sister-in-law's wedding and he said to me, it's one thing to know that you're an event planner. It's another thing to see you in action. And he's like, you say thank you and please. And the way you speak to people is respectful. And even though you're running around and there's chaos everywhere, you're just in the middle of the chaos, kind of quiet and just like, you know, it's happening. It's getting done. And you're, he's like, you're still very much not barking orders. You're just kind of just talking through things with people and whatever else. And I really try to give people the same kind of grace that I sometimes need. Um, and so I would say to someone to make sure to sustain that, like say the please and the thank you, take the time with people that they need in order to be able to do something, you know, give yourself grace and then remember, remember that relationships matter. So if you treat someone really well now, you know, they may not be able to, you may not think that there's anything with that relationship. They can treat you really well later and make sure that you're including yourself in that. So. Yeah, that was that was an awesome like a therapy session right there. I was like I'm sitting there like say yes. Everyone should go to yes, therapy as far yes. as I'm concerned. Right? Uh, I feel <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like who's we we the question yes. of the year has been who's yes. the therapist for the therapist yeah. because they just got inundated with every every black person. Yeah. Just like we we're we're, mm-hmm. we're over it. We're done. My therapist just actually can't. just stopped practicing in order to take time out for herself. Yeah, it's like she's carrying the weight yep. of everybody else's stuff. Yep. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been that. amazing. Oh, yeah, I you. love talking to you. I feel like I talked way too much. Yeah, we but had so much fun. Point. Thank you so much. No, no, perfect. <laughs> Thank you for allowing us to crash your party. That's it for this episode. For any of your event production needs, you can always reach out to us on Instagram at the Party Crashes Podcast. Until next time, keep creating.